Let me ask you something. Do you hear the voice of Jesus when he speaks to you? Do you recognize his voice? Do you hear him? Do you follow what he says to do? Romans chapter 8 verse 9 But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Does the spirit of God dwell in you? Do you hear the Holy Spirit when he brings a thought to your mind? For example, I fell at my house in Texas in December 2018. As the ambulance worker rolled me past the front door on a gurney, I heard this. You'll never see this house again. Was that the Spirit of God speaking to me? Was it a devil speaking to me? Was it my own idea? Do you understand things like this? If the Spirit of God dwells in you, he shows you things to come. This made a tremendous difference in my life, hearing that word. When I got into the hospital, they operated on me. They put me in a rehabilitation center where I spent two and a half months. While I was in that center, see, I really believed that was the Spirit of God speaking to me. So I put my house up for sale while I was in the hospital. And God brought forth a plan where I would move from Texas to Colorado and live in the home of one of our church members. I'm 83 years old. After that surgery, I couldn't walk at all, even with a walker. Not very much, at least. And now I can walk a little with a walker. But I'm basically crippled. I had to be in a place where I would have help. I could no longer live alone. God worked out a plan. I knew it was the Spirit of God. I knew instantly when I heard those words, it was the Spirit of God, and I knew which way to go. You'll never see this house again. One of our church members at the time said to me, I don't see how you can do this. She's no longer with us, by the way. But she said that to me. And I said, well, I heard from God that I would never see this house again. And she didn't say anything further. So Romans 8, 9 says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You don't belong to God unless you have the Spirit of God living in you. So do you have the Spirit of Christ in you? Have you been born again? Have you been changed by God? This is the way you can tell. You're not like the person you once were, and you recognize it. You've been changed by God, not by your own will, by God. And that means you're the elect of God and born again. And you have the Spirit of God if that experience has happened to you. 
So do you have the Spirit of Christ in you, or do you just have teachings of men? Jesus says in John 3, verse 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't see the things that are of God unless you're born again. 1 Corinthians 2.14 The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. I told you about the person in our church group in 2018 at the time this happened to me. She said, I don't see how you can do this. She couldn't see things of God. She'd been in our church group 39 years. She was taken to church when she was a baby. She grew up at church. But she wasn't the church. She couldn't see things of God. And she ended up of her own will leaving us. Unless you're born again, you can't see the things of God. You can go to church, you can learn Bible, you can see all the teachings of Jesus, but you can't really do them because you don't have the Spirit of God. It's by the Spirit of God that we can do the things that are impossible. For example, Luke chapter 6, Jesus says, love your enemies. Oh, I couldn't do that. But when I started following the Spirit of God and really heard from God, I found I changed. And those people I would have once hated, I could love. I was totally different. Because of the Spirit of God that was in me. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You're different. I was born again one night when I was sitting in my room reading a book. It was a book about sin. And I heard these words. Joan, you know those mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, ah, sins. I thought they were mistakes. I was changed immediately. I was so dramatically changed that I would find myself saying something so different from the way I would have normally spoken. I found myself saying things so differently that I would even think, who said that? And it was me. That's how much I was changed. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Instantly, you didn't try to be a new creature. You didn't go out and try to learn to love. You didn't go out and try to do these things. You didn't have the facade of doing these things. You were doing these things. I once was told by our Bible teacher at church, he said, Joan, you are so different from everybody here. That was that word of faith. He said, they talk about faith, but you live it. You're very different from people here. So many people at church have a facade of love. They have a facade of doing scriptures. But those who have the Spirit of God actually do it from within, not from their mind. 
but from the Spirit of God who lives in them. The difference between the flesh and the Spirit, now we're all born through the flesh of man. Our mothers, our fathers, we're babies. We have the flesh of man. For those who are later changed by God, we're born again into a new creature, having the Spirit of God. The flesh and the Spirit are exactly the opposite. The flesh would lead you to commit adultery and fornication. But the Spirit of God would never leave you to do that because it would hurt people. Let's look at the difference in the works of the flesh and the works of the Spirit. Because after you're born again, you have both. You have the flesh who wants you to go one way. You have the Spirit who brings you the way of God and you choose to go by the way of the Spirit and that keeps the flesh under control. And it causes the flesh to suffer because it no longer gets its way. Galatians five nineteen through 23 now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, living in superstitions, hatred, variance, arguing, fighting, emulations, trying to outdo everyone. The big difference between the flesh and the spirit is the flesh wants to outdo everyone and exalt itself. The spirit is not wanting to beat these people down and outdo them. It's wanting to help them. I once played bridge, and as I sat there trying to beat the other people, I began thinking, I just can't imagine Paul or Jesus, either one, trying to beat other people. They were trying to help other people. Eventually I left. But they wanted to help other people, not beat them, not exalt themselves. The flesh does that. The spirit loves and wants to help people. Very different. So the this flesh, the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations outdoing other people, wrath, wanting to see it, people really get what's coming to them, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, reviling, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The fruit of the Spirit is very different. I once wanted to see my enemies destroyed, but I don't anymore. Now I want to see my enemies saved. And I really do love my enemies. I no longer want to see them struck by lightning or something and burned up. I would rather see them saved than destroyed. That's the difference between the flesh and the spirit. Now the fruit of the spirit is love. Now we have a neighbor who's probably a lesbian. 
Do I hate her? No, I do not hate her. We purchased a new grill recently, and I found myself wanting to invite her to come over for dinner. I don't approve the lesbian thing, and I made it very clear to her that I do not support them. I do not approve it, and I gave her scriptures on this subject, Romans chapter 1, verse 26, 27, 28. I made it very clear that this is God's opinion, and I have set myself with his opinion. I don't support homosexuals or lesbians. That doesn't mean I hate them. I would like to see them recognize the truth of the scriptures and repent and be saved. For they can be saved just like any of us were saved by acknowledging the truth of God. Romans chapter 1, verse 26. Let's look at it. This is the truth on the subject of homosexuals and lesbians, and it is the thinking of God, the will of God. Romans chapter 1, verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. This is God's view. Vile affections. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. This doesn't mean we hate them. I actually love this woman who is probably a lesbian. I love her in the sense of wanting to see her repent and be saved. I don't want her destroyed, but she will be destroyed unless she repents because that's what will happen in the end with all who reject the word of God. I gave her the word of God on this subject. So you see, the spirit of God that is in us causes us to love, not to hate, to love. Although we know they're going to be destroyed. I mean, unless they repent. In John chapter 8, the woman who was taken in adultery, they wanted to stone her. That's what the law says to do. They brought her before Jesus, tempting him. At first, Jesus didn't give him any answer whatsoever. He just kind of rolled on the ground. And he said to them, He that is without sin, let him first cast the first stone, and they were convicted by their conscience. Now, that doesn't mean that we approve sin. We don't. They, one by one, left the woman and Jesus, and Jesus said to her, did, did no man condemn you? And she said, no man. And he said, 
Neither do I condemn you. But repent and don't do those sins anymore. Don't do them anymore. You can't keep living that way. You repent and give up those sins. This is the same thing on any of the sins. Drunkenness, homosexual, lesbian, adulterer, fornicator. It's repenting and do those sins no more. Go and sin no more is what he said to the woman taken in adultery. But because we have another spirit in us now, which is the spirit of Christ, the fruit of the spirit, when we choose to follow the ideas brought to us by the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the spirit is produced, and it is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. That is Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. After we are born again, we serve God by following that which is brought to us by the Spirit of God and by refusing to do what our flesh wants us to do. We keep our flesh crucified with Christ by crucified with Christ by Christ by following the word of God. And because his spirit is now in us to show us the will of God in the issues pertaining to this present life, we follow him doing what he shows us to do. Therefore, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. But so many of the people who attend church are not the sheep. They've never been born again. They've never been changed by God. They've never had that experience. They simply went forward at church and were baptized. I did that myself when I was 15. I didn't change one bit. I didn't have the Spirit of God. I just didn't want to go to hell. And I thought that's what they were telling me at church is come forward and be baptized. When I was 37, I was born again. And then later I heard by the Spirit of God, be baptized because it was going to witness to God. plane was landing in Albuquerque, New Mexico when I heard these words, be baptized. My Church of Christ cousin, who was not born again, met me at the plane. She was very religious, but not born of the Spirit of God. And I said to her, Jean, if you can set it up, I'll be baptized this afternoon before I return to Dallas. She said, but you've already been baptized. I said, yes, but I wasn't born again. Now I'm born again. She said, well, okay. So she set it up for me to be baptized. When I got to the church building, this was at the Church of Christ. When I got to the church building, the minister said to me, would you like to say anything? There were about 15 of my relatives sitting there. I said, well, I guess so. And I just told them. By the Spirit of God, I talked by the Spirit of God. And as I was talking, I noticed one of my cousins was smiling and shaking her head up and down. She understood. My uncle was crying, just weeping. The young minister took me up to the area where they baptized the people. 
and he lowered me into the water, and I heard, this is like being buried with Christ. The Holy Spirit was teaching me. Came up out of the water, and the Holy Spirit said, this is like being raised with Christ. After I dressed and went back downstairs, my uncle came to me, the one that had been crying while I talked. And he said, I've never heard anything like that before, like you're saying. Could you write that out for me and send it to me? And I said, well, I guess so. So when I returned to Dallas, I wrote it out and sent it to him. Years later, I realized that uncle was born again at the time I spoke at that church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We simply obey God. Like I heard, as the plane was landing on the tarmac, I heard, be baptized. Well, to me, that means now, (laughs) right now. It was a witness to these Church of Christ people relatives. It was a witness to the Holy Spirit and being born again. And as a result, my uncle was born again. That's all we do is we follow the Spirit doing what he says. When we do that, we're born again. We are born again, people. We, are, we do belong to God. We are the elect of God. And we are the sheep. And we will never perish, provided we just endure through this lifetime following God to the last breath that we take on earth. Or Jesus might return first and we would be removed from this earth because not all die. Some will still be alive on this earth when Jesus returns. He will send his angels. This is Matthew 24. Jesus will send his angels, and with a loud trumpet sound, the angels of God will gather the elect of God who really belong to Jesus. They will gather the elect of God. They will be changed into new spiritual bodies at that point and be taken into heaven to be taken to the new Jerusalem wherein dwelleth righteousness. The new Jerusalem is described to us by the Apostle John in Revelation 21, starting at verse 1. John says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. We won't have these physical bodies which cause pain. We won't have the physical bodies which cause sorrow and the fleshly things that we have of this world. We won't have that. We'll have spiritual bodies. 
as we were born in the image of our parents, when we are taken into heaven, we will be in our new spiritual bodies, which are like the Spirit of God, totally. We won't have this flesh, which causes the pain and the emotion. Verse 5, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. If you've not been born again, you can't do it of yourself, and no man can do it for you. The only one who can do this is God. And he said he would have mercy upon whom he would have mercy. Therefore, fall down before God and beg him to have mercy on you. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.